If you're stressed or depressed, anxious or just need a rest. If you're into your sport and you want to perform at your best. Take a breath, take a breath, take a breath. And welcome to Take a Breath with Tim and Matt. We're stoked you could join us for our very first episode and Tech Talk. This episode is the beautiful story of breathing, part one. You'll learn about the science behind breathing, that is, what happens inside your body on a physiological level when you breathe. When we're not claiming to be the world's greatest experts, but we have found both on a personal and professional level as health practitioners, that breathing is probably the most potent and actually underrated modality for health and healing. Tim, so why do we need to know the science behind it? Well, it'll help you understand as people listening how important breathing is as a tool and how to get the most out of life using breathing. As Matt said, we've found as practitioners working with breathing for a number of years now, initially it was surprising, but we found how potent a modality it is for not only health and healing but also performance relaxation on a number of levels it's, and we've had great discussions about it and we were so pumped about it we just want to share it with as many people yeah we'll also help you understand the basic science of it for later episodes when we get further into it this is like our breathing 101 class and we've got plenty of later really good later episodes organized already we've got interviews with health professionals, scientists, doctors, breathing coaches, sports people, professional athletes and sports coaches and and yogis. So we're really looking forward to it. So this is part one, take a trip with oxygen. So sit back, relax, take a few deep breaths and we really hope you enjoy the show. If you're listening to this podcast, we're going to take a bit of a leap and presume that you are actually breathing. So why do we need to breathe? Well, the purpose of breathing is to get oxygen from the atmospheric air into our cells for energy production, essentially. But it's a fairly intricate process to get it there. If that fails and we don't produce energy in our cells, then we die pretty quickly. So we're going to explain the process and take a little trip with the oxygen molecule so where do we start well we start with the actual atmospheric air in the atmospheric air we've got 21 percent oxygen we've got 78 percent nitrogen that one percent argon and 0.03 percent of carbon dioxide with a smidgen of other gases and that atmospheric air gets inhaled through our nostrils ideally through our nostrils and it goes through an air conditioning process the hair in the nostrils filters, the mucus in the nostrils and sinus disinfect, heat and cool, and humidify the air we breathe, so that by the time the air hits the lungs, it is the right temperature, it's moist, it's cleaned, and it's filtered, and it's the right volume. And that is absolutely essential for ideal oxygen uptake. So that's if we breathe through the nose. What happens if we breathe through the mouth? This air conditioning system is also a, the first line of immune defense, you could argue, as far as breathing is concerned. So if you breathe with your mouth, you bypass this first and second line of immune defense via the nose and sinuses, 
and the tonsils on adenoids in your throat become first line instead of about third or fourth line of immune defense and this is a problem because it's not the way it's designed to work and we see that in clinics sometimes with kids where they've got sort of chronically blocked nose blocked ears and they develop all sorts of throat problems chronic ear infections upper respiratory tract infections or persistent cough from a post nasal drip from the mucus running down the back of their throat and you can see kids like this and even when they're eating as well is that uh, because their nose is blocked and they're breathing through their mouth they're chewing with their mouth open and taking big gulps because they're trying to get the air in as well that also creates digestive problems so they get produce more mucus so it becomes a vicious cycle becomes a catastrophe you'll often see with those kids as well they often sleep with their mouth open at night and often when they're in if they come into the clinic you'll actually see them sitting there with their mouth open as they're listening so that's a dead giveaway essentially from what we're saying there the nose is for breathing the mouth is for talking eating drinking kissing singing not necessarily in that order (laughs) yes and basically the mouth can be used for breathing but it's only generally an emergency for example if someone scares us off, we become startled, you often, you gasp and then that kicks you into emergency mode ready for fight or flight. Or high intensity exercise, you could argue, is a cardiovascular emergency. And so we bring in our mouth as well as our nose to breathe to keep up with the extra workload that we have during high intensity exercise. So after the air goes in through the nose, down through the into the upper respiratory tract and the bronchi, bronchi. Depends. Bronchi, you know, bron- bronchi. Bronchi in Hawaii, maybe bronchi. Ever yeah. else? So bronchi. That's uh, bronchitis. Itis means inflammation. Bronchi. So inflammation of the bronchi, which is the inflammation of those upper airways when you get sick. And from these bronchi, which are the larger tubes down into the bronchioles and branches off into smaller tubes we're getting smaller and smaller into branches like the branches of a tree until you finally reach the end of the these little tubes in your lungs which are called the alveoli and that's where the next bit of magic happens yeah before we go to that that's a pretty amazing that whole system of tubes like the tree is a pretty amazing system yeah it's a huge huge surface area so if you got a person, if you cut their lungs out and then spread the lungs out, like across the ground, they'd be dead. Yep. And it would cover the surface of a tennis court, apparently. I've never tried it. So, never have I, but I have heard that a few times, yeah. Okay, so the magic in the alveoli is that we get the transfer of oxygen from the air in our lungs into our bloodstream via the hemoglobin in our bloodstream. So hemoglobin is like a transport molecule for oxygen throughout our bloodstream. So it's where the next stage of the trip of oxygen starts. And for each hemoglobin molecule, there will be four oxygen molecules that bind and get transported. And from the lungs, hemoglobin will transport oxygen through our bloodstream to the heart and then from the heart out to our arterial blood whereby it then is released by the hemoglobin and it gets to our cells 
So that's why when you have a blood test and they test your haemoglobin levels, if you've got low haemoglobin levels, that has implications for your oxygen transport. Definitely. If you have low haemoglobin, you don't transport much oxygen and the end result. You don't feel as good. Yeah, you don't make as much energy. And interestingly as well, when you look at arterial blood, it's a lot redder than venous blood because it's a lot richer in oxygen. So once we've got to the cells, what happens next, man? So in the cells of the body, the oxygen is used for energy production. So it's like a fire, I guess, that you need fuel, but you need oxygen for that fuel to burn efficiently. If you choke the oxygen off, then it can still smolder away, but it's a very inefficient way of using the fuel. Basically, if you can deliver the optimum amount of oxygen to the cells, then your cells can produce the most amount of oxygen from your food, basically. So the more efficient you're breathing, the more energy you're getting for a given amount of food. I remember when I was at uni and we studied that, I have to confess, I I do have my nerd moments, as you may discover if you hang in there with us. And I don't mind my biochemistry. And I remember reading about the Krebs cycle and electron transport chain involved in the production of energy from glucose from our food and oxygen. And it's it's an amazing cascade or myriad of chemical reactions that ends up in energy production. It's like a little forest fire, as Matt said, in our cells. And the end product is oxygen and so essentially you look at it the end product is energy energy (laughs) and if you look at it there for the purpose of breathing is essentially to get oxygen to our cells to produce energy and And that's the end of the line for oxygen however we still have the mysterious tale of carbon dioxide that's the next phase of breathing and respiration so It all takes a bit of a twist when we look at carbon dioxide, so the story doesn't finish with oxygen. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time. If you've got any comments, we'd love to hear. Any feedback, anything you think you need to add, we'd love to hear from you, so please leave some comments. Jump on our website, takeabreath.com.au. We'd love you to subscribe to our podcast firstly, but we'd also love you to subscribe to our website, and we'll send you monthly newsletters, plenty of information. There's a great video on the website, a free video that you can, if you subscribe to our newsletter, then you can have a look at the free video, Breathing is Life. Thanks for joining us. Take a breath.